Hey everybody and welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris and tonight we have got an interesting show for you. Uh, so this, ladies and gentlemen, is episode number 100 of the Pub Trivia Experience. To celebrate... Yeah. We made it! We made it! To celebrate... We have got the seven main cast members, participants, whatever you want to call us, together for a special game of trivia that is all about, well, us, really. Uh, each person on the show tonight has brought three trivia questions from a category that they are passionate about. Uh, We're going to go around Robin Woo! down the list. We'll start with myself, then Jeff, then Leah, Marissa, Mike, Nikki, and end, end with Steven. And they will ask their three questions. Now, each correct answer is going to be worth 10 points unless the person asking the questions specifies it differently. And I'm going to put a caveat out there being that Steven is going last. Steven, you cannot make all of your questions worth one point. If you have built up a lead, you can't just do that to give yourself a win. That would not be fair. Every question worth a million points. Gotcha. <laughs> so we're just making it up, which can be whatever no, we want. I, mean, I, w- I would assume most questions, if it's a standard straightforward question, it's uh, 10 points. There could be bonus things and things like that involved too. So uh, we didn't put any limitations on what the questions need to be. But... We're going to start with uh, with me, but before we do that, let's see what we have got in our glasses tonight, and I will start because I have got an amazing bottle that's almost gone. This is my Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Store Pick. This is from the Corona Cigar Company or Davidoff right here in Tampa, same company, and this is an excellent bottle of bourbon. The Double Oaked is already one of my favorites, and their store pick is actually even better than the regular stuff which actually should be what it is, right? Because it's supposed to be the better bottle. Great, great choice. But we're going to head just a little bit, a little bit to the east, and we're going to go over to my lovely wife, Leah. How you doing, babe? I'm doing great. Um, And in typical pub trivia fashion, I know we like to highlight different drinks on our show, but my favorite part of going to the pub is definitely the food. Um, So I wanted to highlight a little pub food that I cooked tonight for just an occasion. Um, for our 100th episode. And so I made a uh, pepperoni pizza grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh. Super good. Ooh. Um, it smelled good. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking it with some uh, Diet Coke because that's that's how I do things. Um, and also I wanted to update everyone. As the official historian and archivist for the pub trivia experience, uh, I have been tracking all of our... Uh, wins and losses and our statistics throughout our 100 oh, no. episode run. Uh, so before each round, um, when someone is about to talk about their questions and announce their questions, um, I'm going to be able to highlight a little bit of our order, um, our ranking, and our um, kind of on-base percentage, I guess, or winning percentages for the team. So just get ready for that. It's so exciting. I am scared. As the token cellar dweller, I can say that you're all doing better than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right, we're gonna go a little bit further to the west. Jeff and Marissa, we'll start with Marissa. How you doing and what you drinking? I am doing well, Chris. And tonight, uh, I again have the peach crown with a little bit of the uh, Zevia cream soda. Yeah, we had that it's last quite night. Quite tasty. The, the peach crown that was delicious. Yeah, so good. Yeah. 
dangerously delicious. It's not as good as the crown apple, but the peach crown is good. Jeffrey, how you feeling, my friend? You know, I'm feeling great. Uh, all things considered, uh, could be feeling much worse. Uh, but since tonight is a special night, I decided to open a special bottle um, and decided to rip open into this uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch that I received from a swell guy. And also, it's it's a pretty... Uh, it's a pretty uh, a, a pretty chill bourbon. Not too hard on the insides. <laughs> yeah, I was not a fan of the small batch. Um, it's it's fine, but it wasn't worth the really? sixty or seventy dollar asking price they have on it. So I had the one bottle. I tore through it when I when I found that I grabbed it. But hey, I'm glad you're enjoying it, my friend. I love it. It's just it's one of those that doesn't have the kick or the burn. Um, and it's really just a caramel bomb and all thing all things I love. That sounds delicious. We're gonna head on out. Speaking of delicious, we're gonna head on out to our pint size fighting champion, Mr. Mike Mott. <laughs> riding a one trivia match winning streak. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, it had been a while. Uh, last time I saw Leah's percentages, I was already cringing, and I think it's only gotten worse. So, um, I'm doing great. Uh, tonight, I'm changing it up a little bit uh, in honor of our 100th episode. Uh, I actually have a lovely blended scotch. This is uh, Johnny Walker Blue. Ooh. So, this is this is quite the indulgence. Uh, I, ha- I had the bottle... Uh, sitting around and it was wait it was just waiting for the right occasion and this this seemed like it so uh, as as we know from one of the earlier episodes uh one of the very few earlier episodes in which steven participated and did not win uh johnny walker blue <laughs> is their highest end uh blend and it's very good it is a very very good scotch i am a little jealous because i've only had it once and it was a very small sip because i was poor and now i can <laughs> nikki how you doing? What you drinking? I'm doing good. I, I was trying to remember what I was drinking on the first episode, but I couldn't tell you. But I figured it was probably wine. So I have a glass of wine. Um, Just kind of leftover. We're recording this on New Year's Day. So just a little bit of wine leftover from New Year's Eve last night. It's a um, it's one of my dry farm wines. So it's actually from Austria. Uh, very, very nice red wine blend. So... <laughs> That does sound delicious. The first recording was in my dining room. Is that right? Yeah, that's how we yep. used to do it. And I think we had four of us around two crappy microphones that I bought on Amazon. That yeah. that is correct. You can actually hear our daughter Abby in the background, just like that's right. It was whatever. the five of us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep but yeah, uh, yeah. and I think we were drinking. Um, you had so, you had some. Uh, I don't remember what kind of beer. I think you had a couple Sam Adams seasonals. That yeah. was Oktoberfest, so it was around that time. I feel like there was Graffiti Orange from Seventh Sun involved in some way. There probably was. I, I when I was drinking beer, I do like the the Seventh or the Seventh Orange, the Seventh Sun Graffiti Orange. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we've we've actually come a really long way since that first episode. Um, For sure, because that first episode was, I think, two episodes, if I'm not mistaken. And yep, holy crap. <laughs> Hey, we sound better. That's the important thing. 
We're going to head out even further west. Our West Coast uh, correspondent-ish to our West Coast correspondent currently residing in Dallas, Texas, because that's where some water is. Stephen, my friend, how are you? Great. And as this is the 100th episode, I figured I'd set some things straight. First of all, I live in Fort Worth, not Dallas, and my name is spelt with a PH. Oh, I've been spelling it with a V. <laughs> I got it. I got it right. I'm pretty sure that I've been spelling it with a V as well. Actually, he's in my phone as S-T-E-V-E-N. But as we learned last night, Marissa has been misspelled in my phone for years. So, Steven, Yet another thing we've learned that Chris is incorrect about. Also, Dallas is strictly in the middle of the country. Yep. You're as close to as a West Coast correspondent as we're going to get. <laughs> Although, I think yeah. we could actually get one in California. I don't think they're allowed to leave their houses right now. Yeah, so any California guess- listeners, By holla. All means, let's get you on the I show. I know some people in California. Come on, man. You guys can join us. Oh, yeah. I think they're still on lockdown, right? That means they can yeah, dial they in. They, yeah, but you can go on Zoom. You can't well, catch yes. COVID via Skype. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the 5g wants you to think chris <laughs> yep that's right <laughs> oh my lord so tonight's game uh we've got a set order we went over earlier um but unless the the person asking the question specifies it differently each correct answer is going to be worth 10 points and it is going to be everyone for themselves so I guess that means if we're going alphabetically, that means I get to go first. Oh, crap. Everyone rejoice. Rejoice for your king has spoken. Yeah, right. And so my category of choice, you know it was going to happen. We're going to start with a little bit of geography. Uh, and geography yeah, adjacent. <laughs> geography adjacent as well. They're not all geography, but I love my geography. But if there's one thing that I do like, even though I'm terrible at it, I like complete the list. So I have got three different top 10 lists, and we're going to go in the order that I have written on my pad here. And for each correct answer, you can get yourself one point. Is that fair? Actually, you know what? No. For each correct answer, you can get yourself two points. If you answer incorrectly, you cannot answer again, and we will keep going until either the top 10 list is run out or until every contestant has been eliminated. The first person I have written down is Mike. Mike, I have got a top 10 list of the largest countries in the world. Go ahead and give me your guess. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking by land area? By land area. Okay. So let's see, geography and complete the list. The two things that I'm worst at. Well done, Chris. Uh, I will start with Russia. Russia is number one with a bullet. Nicely done. Nikki, you're up next. I had Russia. <laughs> I took away the easy one for a reason. Um, Australia. Australia, number six on the list. Two points for Nikki. Jeff. Uh, I'm going to go with China. China is number three. Good job. Marissa, you're up. Brazil. Number five. All right. 
You've got one, two, three, and five, and we're going over to Leah. Canada? I take that back. Canada is number two. So, good job. Yes. So, Russia, Canada, China. We have not gotten four. And then five and six were Brazil and Australia. Steven, you're up. The United States of America. All right. Steven has got the good old USA, and that is number four. And that is a correct answer. We're going back to Mike. I will say India. Number seven on the list. India is on there. Good job. Nikki. Mm, how many have we done? We've done... I think we have the top seven. Yeah. Oh. Yep, you got one through seven. You're looking for eight, nine, and ten. I'm going to go with the Ukraine. The Ukraine is not on the list. Nikki has been eliminated from question from the first question. Jeff, you're up. Man. Okay, so there's really no more obvious ones I can think of. So I'm thinking... Actually, I was going to go with Ukraine if uh, that wasn't already taken. So I want to go with another country out that way, though. I think I think it's by China um, and go with Kazakhstan because I think that whole Mongolia area was large. Kazakhstan is number nine on the list. Nicely done. I would have never gotten that. Marissa, you're up next. I'm going to go with a shot in the dark and go with Mexico. Mexico is not on the list. Marissa, you have been eliminated. Leah, what do you think? I'm between two. Well, there's two left on the list. So if you're good at this game, you're going to get one of them. Okay, now... If a country is kind of owned by another country, is it, does it stand alone on its own? Or does it not matter? Or am I just making things up? I'm going to go with Greenland. Greenland is not on the list. That would be uh, Denmark. Because it's owned by Denmark. Yeah, That's but, what so I was like Greenland say. is really big when you look at it on a map, but actually when you compare it to the size of other islands, it's not as big or as pronounced as it looks on a map. And Denmark is a very small country. I'm sorry. Denmark is not on the list. Greenland is not on the list. And that brings us to Steven. There are two left. Mm -hmm. There are two left. And as you've just given away, the Mercator map is going to emphasize further away from the equator. Argentina. Argentina, number eight on the list. It is a massive country. Speaking of massive, we have one Left on the list, and it is going to Mike. I thought when you added up all of its islands, it was high up there, so I'm going to say Indonesia. Indonesia. Not on the list. Mike is eliminated. Nikki's eliminated. Jeff, you get the shot. What do you think the next largest country is? This is number 10 by land area. Uh, I mean, I think... I really have no idea. Argentina's on the list. Chile's got to be close. I'm going to go Chile. Chile is not on the list. Chile very, very thin. All right. Marissa's been eliminated. Leah's been eliminated. Steven, can you close out our list? Pretty sure this would have been right if it hadn't broken up, but I'm still going to go with Sudan. 
you're still going to go with the Sudan. And that is a correct answer. That will complete the list. Steven gets the extra two points. So after question number one, Mike, Nikki, Jeff. Sorry, Mike has four. Nikki's got two. Jeff has four. Marissa has two. Leah's got two. And Steven has six. And that means we're going to start right back with Mike. Number two. I am looking for, and this is the geography adjacent, I am looking for the 10 most common spoken languages in the world. We're going to start with Mike. This is by this is by number of people, not by countries, right? By native speakers. English. English is number three. Nicely done. Nikki. I'm going to go with Spanish. Spanish is number two. Good job. Jeffrey. I'm going to go with Mandarin. Mandarin number one with a bullet. Marissa. Damn you, Jeff. You took my answer. Uh, I'm going to go Portuguese. Portuguese is number six. Nicely done. Leah. French. French is not on the list. Steven. Native speakers? Um, jeez. Arabic? Number five on the list. Nicely done, Stephen. That brings us back to Mike. Well, I'll go out on a limb if Mandarin's on there. Maybe Cantonese is also on there. Cantonese is not on the list. Mike has been eliminated. Nikki, you're up. I can't. I just can't think of anything, so I'm going to say Italian. Italian is not on the list. Jeffrey. Uh, I'm going to go, based on our previous list, and go with Hindi. Hindi is number four. That brings it over to Marissa. Uh, I'm going to go with Russian. Russian, number eight on the list. Leah, unfortunately, has already been eliminated. That brings it over to Steven. Fuck, Hindi and Russian were my two next guesses. Um, Well, if Hindi's been taken, how about uh, Punjabi? Punjabi. Number 10 on the list. Wow. Wow. Mike's been eliminated. Nikki's been eliminated. That brings it back to Jeff. Jeff, I believe there are two remaining. Ooh. I just don't know many other languages. <laughs> um, so what else could there be? There's German. That could be something. Let's go with German. I was going to say, keep in mind that while you're talking out answers, the two people behind you still have options to guess. German is not on the list. Marissa, what is your guess? Uh, well, I was going to guess German, but... I'll go with my backup and go Japanese. Japanese. Number nine on the list. Nicely done. Steven, uh, once again, we're to you. And once again, there is only one option left. You are looking for number seven. Lock in your guess. So it seems to correspond a little bit with population density. So it's going to have to be, it's probably going to be an Eastern language. 
So we did oh well, we did Hindi and we did Punjabi. We're both on the list. So can we complete the trifecta and say Bengali? Stephen is going with three of the, the languages most commonly spoken in India. Bengali is number seven. Nicely oh. done. The three main languages in India all on the list. Good job. Way to oh, go, Stephen. Because I was this close to saying Thai. All right. We are moving on to question number three, the final Chris question. And this is, again, geography adjacent. And I will throw the uh, disclaimer out there. This is as of 2011. So this is a little bit of a dated material, but it's a very interesting question. I did not want to not use it. I want you to tell me the countries with the most gold in their reserves in the world. There are 10, and this is as of 2011. And Stephen, you ended the last round, so we're once again going to start with Mike. Uh, I guess I'll start with the United States of America. Number one with a bullet, Mike. Nicely done. Nikki, you're up next. India? Number 10. India is number 10. So there's your, you guys, you have your benchmarks now. You have the one, the 10. Jeff, can you find one of the eight in the middle? Uh, I'm going to go with Switzerland. Number six with a bullet. Good job. Marissa, you're up. I'm going to go with Germany. Germany is number two. All right, Leah. Well, I'm just going to say, um, that I do believe that there are a lot of palaces and uh, places where you can see a lot of jewels and stuff like that. So I'm going to say United Kingdom. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh. Not on the list. Had we asked this question a long time ago, back when they owned India, though? Yes. The United Kingdom would have been on the list. Okay, whatever. Okay, Stephen. Um, so what ones have we done already? Tell me uh, again. India, U.S., what else? Uh. Germany. Germany. And Switzerland. And Switzerland. Okay. That helps me not at all. Russia? Number seven on the list. Russia is up there. Good job. Mike? Uh, Russia was going to be my next one. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, France? Number four on the list is France. Nicely done. Nikki, you're up. Um... <laughs> What did you do? I just said France. It was number four. Uh, I'm going to go with Spain. Spain is not on the list. Jeffrey. Has anyone done China yet? No. Has anyone said China? No. Okay, I'm going to say China. China, number five. Marissa, you're up. I really want to go out on a limb here, but I'm just not sure. But I'm going I'm to do it anyway. Uh, UAE. The United Arab Emirates, not on the list. Damn. It's a pretty good guess, though. Yeah, that was probably going to be my next one. It's going to head out to the Middle East. Leah's already been eliminated. Steven. Well, if China was on there, I'm going to guess Japan. Number eight. Nicely done. This goes back to Mike. Uh, which ones do we have left? Which numbers? I wasn't going to give you the answers. Um, so number one was the United States. Number two was Germany. Three is remaining. 
Oh god, I don't remember four is remaining. Four was France. Four was France. Five that. was China. Uh, seven was Russia. Eight was Japan. Ten was India. Okay. And I don't know if number six was named or not. For some reason, I thought it was, but I can't remember who. Switzerland was, was that already. Switzerland? Sw- yep, Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Okay, so, yep, Switzerland was already named then. All right. I don't. I don't really. I'm drawing a blank, but for some for some reason, Austria popped into my head. So I'm going to say Austria. Austria is not on the list. Yeah. Jeffrey. I'm going to go with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia not on the list. Steven. Yeah, I can't find the pattern here. It's not to do with former colonial powers. It's not to do with whether or not they control their own currency. Uh, So I'm just going to randomly... We said Germany. We said Switzerland. Uh, Let's give the... No... Let's give the Dutch a try. The Netherlands. Number nine on the list. Steven, you have the opportunity to close it out here. Can you find number three? Um, I don't know. Let the Netherlands do it. Um, Luxembourg. Luxembourg is not on the list. Chris, what about Belgium? Belgium is not on the list. Yeah. What about Canada? We didn't mention Canada. Because no one mentions Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They are the gold We're standard for a lot of things, but gold is not one of them. Ha, <laughs> ha. Oh, number three. I'm guessing Da Vinci did a lot of paintings in gold. Oh. Number three is Italy. I, I almost I, said Italy. I almost but... said it over Spain, and I was in my mind. I was like, is yeah. it it's Italy or Spain, maybe? But I went with Spain. Your scores coming out of the first round of questions. Mike has 10. Nikki's got six. Jeff has eight. Marissa has 10. Leah's got two. And Steven has 18. Well, thanks, Chris. And I also wanted to give a little update on uh, how you have performed these last hundred episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Thank God it's on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm rating you as a husband. Um, no. Uh, let me see. Okay. So uh, you are currently in third place. Out of, our, out of the core seven who are um, playing tonight. Um, and you have a 50% winning percentage. So right down the middle. That's we call good. this, I said this before, but like that, that, that to me right there is what we call the sweet spot of forgettability. So Leah and I have an ongoing joke that like when you go to the doctor, you never want to be someone the doctor remembers long term for good or bad things. You want to be in that sweet yeah. spot of forgettability. You never want to be the oh my God and the oh damn. Right. So I'll take 50%. Yeah, good job. All right, Jeff, you're up next. All right. Well, since we did things that uh, you're passionate about, I think I missed that memo. Uh, I picked a category, and uh, it was about alcohol. So, <laughs> Something Jeff's not passionate about at all. Uh, yikes. We're going to need some intervention, I guess. Uh, I don't really have a fun way to go around with this like Chris did, so we're just going to go with our traditional lock-in method until we whittle it down to one talker. On that note, our first question is, adding a miniature onion to a martini turns it into a what? Also a famous guitar manufacturer. Oh, I can lock in. Mike can lock in. I think I can lock in. I think I can lock in. Pretty sure I can lock. 
I don't like onions. <laughs> and I can name like two guitar manufacturers. Well, I haven't walked in yet. Are you giving me hints? <laughs> if you're in my head, then yes. If you're not in my head, then no. Okay, I will lock in. I was going to say, you've actually at least owned a guitar at one point. Yep, I'm locking it. <laughs> no, Leah with a guitar? All right. Uh, like it's it's Fender for me. The only two guitar companies I know are Fender and Gibson, and Fender doesn't sound like a drink, so I'm going to say Gibson. Okay, Chris is locked in with Gibson. Leah? And I said Fender, just because that's the, the guitar that came to mind. How about a dirty All Fender? Right. I want to lock in with a dirty Fender. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. A dirty Fender. Okay. Uh, let's go to Marissa. What did you say? I said Gibson. Went with a Gibson. Steven? Uh, as I learned from the mom in the Queen's Gambit, Gibson. Oh. Uh, let's see. Nikki? I also went with Gibson. Gibson and Michael. Uh, my poll was was even deeper than than Stevens. Uh, this is the drink that he orders in the movie The Net. Um, the wow. guy that ends up, yeah, I know. And uh, by the way, though, I remembered him ordering a martini with an olive or with an onion instead of an olive. Could not have told you what it was named, but then Jeff dropped the guitar hint, so I said Gibson. Well, you picked up on the good hint. The correct answer was, in fact, a Gibson. I'm happy I went Gibson and not Fender. Or a Dirty Fender? Dirty Fender. Dirty Fender. Dirty Fender just sounds extra bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there probably is a drink called a Dirty Fender. I, I, but I feel, I feel like if I went to the bar, went to a, a if it was a, especially a female bartender and asked for a Dirty Fender, I'd get smacked in the face. Yeah, you would. I was say it's it's 100 either a drink or a sex position. Oh so. my god. Can't it be both? Yeah, probably both. In in I would hope so. Moving on to question number two. While proven to not be true, sucking on what pocket item is said to help lower the results of a breathalyzer test? Lock. I can I can lock. Don't feel bad about yourselves. I work for a DUI attorney, so. That's true. I'm going to lock in. Ooh, Leah's locking in. It's going to be great, guys. I think I'm ready to lock in, but I'm waiting to see if Chris is going to ask a clarifying question before I do it. No, I'm not. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead and lock in with a wrong answer. Yeah, I'm go- I'm gonna lock in. All right, it's down to Chris and Steven. I can lock in. I was gonna say I think Steven had the same amount of DUIs. Nah, they're both zero, by the way. Um. Is it, oh god! So like, what do you keep in your pocket? Like your car keys, your cell phone? Like, I don't think it's cell phone because I feel like if it was cell phone, that would be a more of a new phenomenon. And unless it's my daughter, I don't think anyone else sucks on a cell phone. Um, you keep like gum or mint in your pocket, and that would make the most sense, right? Like you can pop a breath mint, and but I always thought in my head that would be more to deter the officer from knowing you've been drinking. Because they obviously can't smell the cognac through the spearmint winter fresh mints that you're having and you're sucking down your gullet. Uh, like what else are, what do people keep in their pockets? Their car keys? No, those are in the those are actually in the ignition. If you if the cop walked over to your car and you're sucking on car keys, he's gonna know something is up. <laughs> so this is how I'm talking through my lot. No, I I don't have a better guess. I'm gonna go breath mints or mints of some sort. Okay, Chris is locked in with mints. Steven. 
I think I heard that was like activated charcoal. Maybe it's like a charcoal mint, but I'm going to go with charcoal. Logging in with charcoal. Who keeps charcoal in their pockets? No, no. People are weird. That's true. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to um, Nikki. I also said breath mint. I have no idea. So. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, yeah, like I like Chris. I keep sunglasses, cell phone, wallet, and car keys in my pockets, and occasionally change. None of those things are things I would be inclined to suck on. Uh, so I just said breath mint. All right. Also went with breath mint. Leah. I went with a penny. Leah went with a penny. <laughs> and Marissa. Uh, I believe this is pennies. Ew. Well, uh, it seems that our last two contestants are going to try the weirdest thing I've ever heard of to try to get out of their breathalyzer test. The correct answer is, in fact, pennies. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had coin written down, and then I was like, nope, he's going to ask to be more specific. It can't just be any coin. It has to be any kind of, like, a specific kind of coin, and I just randomly chose, chose penny. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. because of the, yep. the copper. They thought originally the copper would... Yeah, I was like, which one off. has the strongest oh, taste to it? And I said a, a penny would probably have a stronger taste. To the it. copper would not be able to catch someone sucking on copper. Well, ah. I mean, it oh. it obviously ah. doesn't work, but like, and wouldn't they have yeah, to be older pennies? Because I don't are pennies. Do they have copper anymore? They they have a copper coating, but the majority of them is a like zinc. yeah, a zinc. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh very good, Marissa and Leah, getting points on that one. Moving on to my third question. While the old-fashioned is known to be made with whiskey these days, it is believed to be originated in the 1862 book Bartender's Guide by Jerry Thomas. Using what other spirit? I'll lock in. I'll lock in. I'm locking in. I guess I'll lock in. I'll lock in. Leah's locked in. Marissa, let's hear those thoughts. I don't know. Um, can't be gin. Gin didn't really get popular until the twenties. Um, I'll go vodka. Marissa has locked in with vodka. Leah. Yeah, I just guessed. I said gin. Leah guessed with gin. Let's go to Stephen. Yeah, I randomly guessed gin as well. Another guess for Jen on the clock. Uh, let's go, Nikki. I also said Jen. Also going with Jen. Mike? Uh, I apparently have no clue when Jen became popular, but I also said Jen. Also going with Jen and Chris. Uh, there's a, a restaurant here in Tampa called Eulalie's, um, and they make one of my favorite cocktails. It is a smoked old-fashioned, but they use tequila instead of, burb- or instead of whiskey. So I went with tequila. Chris locks in with tequila. Well, uh, there's a lot of people with random answers here, but the answer we were looking for that may have gotten popular in the 1920s, but it was certainly written about in the book Bartender's Guide is gin. Well done, everyone. All right, and Jeff, let me give a little update on uh, on your uh, productivity in the past uh, 100 episodes. Uh, you are currently in second place among the core seven, and you have a fifty-four percent winning percentage. Very nice. Just, just killing it. Doing so much better than Chris. Ha! 
Yeah, four percent better. Four, four whole percent. Oh, that's fun. Uh, score update before we head over to Leah and her questions. Uh, Mike has got thirty points. Nikki's got twenty six. Jeff has eight. Marissa has thirty. Leah's got twenty two. Stephen has thirty eight, and Chris has ten. Uh, just real quick, did you say I have eight? Sorry, Jeff has twelve. I apologize. Okay, so going into my round, um, shocking! I am going to do Leah Thesaurus sizes a song. <laughs> so for yes. th- for this category, I am going to give you um, a title of a song um, that has been put into a thesaurus, and I've picked new words to um, to describe the song's title. Um, and I'm going to give you a, 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 like a one or two sentence information about the song as well to kind of help you out because I don't want this to take like all night. Um, you will get 10 points for naming the song because the song is what you're trying to get. But if you want to get a bonus five points for naming the artist, you can do that as well. Um, so your first one, let me go ahead and cue this up. This 1995 song was featured on the Dangerous Minds soundtrack and samples a 1976 song by Stevie Wonder. It was the number one best-selling single in 1995, according to U.S. Billboard charts. Your song is Racketeer's Wonderland. Locked in. Oh, locked in. Locked in. I'll lock in. Steven is locked in. Locked in. All right, Nikki is locked in. Marissa, you get to talk. I'm going to get absolutely none of these because uh, music is my weak point, um, especially naming songs. <laughs> I I have no idea. I have nothing. Want to throw out, I guess? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay, so Marissa has locked in with her guess of nothing. Nikki, what did you lock in with? I I did not know. I said my body is Wonderland. I know that is not a Stevie Wonder song. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, Mickey, like it. I want to go next. <laughs> it's yeah, the yeah. bourbon's talking. So. Okay, I'm sure we'll <laughs> just skip on over Stephen in my order and go right to Chris. I'm going with a uh, Amish. I mean, Gangsters Paradise. <laughs> okay, did you lock in a bonus for the artist? Oh, it's Coolio. Uh, Steven, what did you lock in with? I, too, put in Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. All right, Jeff, what did you say? I also went Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. All right, and then finally, Mike. Uh, I'm going to move that none of them get points because it is, in fact, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio featuring somebody who I can't remember. Uh, the Pastime Paradise was the Stevie Wonder song that it sampled. Okay, so we're going to get points for the boys here. So Mike, Jeff, Chris, and Steven all get 15 points. Your correct answer is Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Nicely done, everyone. Well, nicely done, boys. Okay, so question number two. This is a 1992 song written and performed by a Scottish singer, and it reached number one on Canadians' Billboard charts that same year. Your song is... Wandering on Cracked Mirror. I can lock in. All right, Chris is locked in. I'll lock in, Mike. All right, Mike is locked in. I'll lock in. Nikki is locked in. I'm going to lock in. All right, Jeff is locked in. Leah, this is an incredible 
idea, but I am terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to say I do. I want to get an entire episode of just Leah Thesaurus as a hit. It was really hard. Okay, I I I'm gonna lock. I, it's probably wrong, but I'm gonna okay. lock. All right, Steven, it's up to you. Jeez, wandering on cracked mirror, walking on broken glass. Okay, is that what you're locked in with? Yeah, that's what I'll walk in. I have no clear who said it, who sang it, but yeah, that's what I got. All right, Marissa, what did you lock in with? Uh, I came up with the same thing as Steven, just based off of the words that you gave me. Um, Because I couldn't, I mean, glass is, mirrors made out of glass. I don't know. All right, any bonus guesses? Oh, goodness, no. (laughs) All right, Jeff. We're clearly not very good at being thesauruses because I came up with the same thing. All right. Walking on broken glass. All right, Nikki. Um, Oh, wait, did you have a bonus? And the only Irish singer, I guess, I could think of was Bono. Okay. Uh, Nikki, go ahead. I said walking on broken glass. I think the singer is Annie Lennox. All right, Mike, what did you say? It's definitely walking on broken glass. I could not come up with the singer. Um, but actually, when Nikki said Annie, when Nikki told me Annie Lennox, I was like, ooh, that might be it. So, but I did not lock in with the singer. Okay. And then, Chris, what did you walk, lock in with? So, I also locked in with walking on broken glass. And the only way I got there was through the crack to broken. Okay. Um, so, I heard this song on the radio this morning. Um, as I was driving baby Paige around at 5 a.m., um, you know, on New Year's Day, as one does. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, I think I can make this song work. Um, so it is Walking on Broken Glass, and the artist is Annie Lennox. Nice job. Well done. Nice. I actually job, didn't know Nikki. she was Scottish. I didn't either. I didn't either. I, did, I actually didn't look up some stuff. even know that song, so. I think it charted I like, on, I want to say it was. Broken glass. Hold I've on, never hold on. heard this song. You said Canadian. Canada. You said Canada in the uh Right, yeah. Okay. It was number one in Canada. That's the highest ever reached. I think in the US it reached to like number seven or number nine or something like that. But in the Wikipedia page it like the one of the first lines was it reached number one in Canada and then it had like the list of all the countries that it like peaked at and it did go number one to Canada, but it didn't go anywhere near to number one in any other country of the world. So I I just thought it was funny. Okay, great song to, too. Just FYI. It's real fun to listen to. Um, okay, so uh, question number three. Uh, characterized by its complex soundscapes, episodic structure, and subversions of pop music formula, it was the costliest single ever recorded at the time of its release. It later became widely acclaimed as one of the finest and most important works of the rock era. And your uh, song title through the thesaurus is Ideal Tremors. <laughs> I'm going to lock in. All right. Jeff is locked in. There was no year in the question, right? There was not. I purposely did that. Oh. I can lock in. All right. Mike is locked in. Oh, this is it. a good one, Leah. This yeah. is a good lock one. Lock in. Lock in. Steven's when, locked in. When it, when it hits you, it hits you. This is the worst. <laughs> You are I the I need <laughs> I need to like listen to music apparently. Locked in. All right, Nikki is locked in, so we're ma- waiting on Chris and Marissa. Clarissa. She explains <laughs> a lot. Explains it all. Maybe all of it. Clarissa. 
I don't know. I'll lock. I guess. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, Chris is taking off his headphones. Oh, oh no. It's not a good thing. Yeah, it's is, gonna be a minute. Who who else is still out? They're just, just Chris. Chris. Oh, just Chris. Instead of talking it hey. out, he's using his time for his himself. No. So here's the problem is I've I've gone through I took my headphones off so I could try and think through synonyms here and I'm not having any luck. So I figure maybe talking it out might be a better idea. Ideal tremor. So from the only synonym to ideal that I have written down is perfect. Uh tremors, I have shakes and quakes. Uh perfect shake, perfect quake. The only song in there that comes to mind is Harlem Shake, but that's obviously not the right answer because Harlem is not the ideal for a lot of people. Oh, ideal tremors. Um, okay, ideal is what I need to get stuck on. I need to get my head around ideal tremors. I, I feel like that's a red herring. Ideal. Perfect. Um, fortunate. I, I, I just, nothing is coming to my head right now. I, I don't know. And music is not my strong suit anyway, so I'm just going to lock in with the Harlem Shake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chris is locked in with the Harlem Shake. Marissa, what did you lock in with? I said perfect seizure, because that's all I could come up with. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, and I was going to ask, did either of you come up with a band as the bonus? I, mine is My particular song of the Harlem Shake is by a band called Pink Floyd. Great. Ah. Marissa, did you lock in with any kind of bonus? Backstreet Boys. Okay. Yes. Uh, Nikki, what did you say? Perfect Shakes by Britney Spears. Nice. <laughs> All right, Steven, here it comes. What did uh, What did you lock in with? Do, 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 do. That is Good Vibrations by one of the best rock songs oh, ever, The Beach vibrations. Boys. Oh. I know. I was like, oh my God. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Okay. So, Mike, uh, I think Nikki just uh, told us what you locked in with, but what did you say? Well, I did exactly what Chris did, I think, and I got hung up on ideal for a very long time. And and the only thing I had was perfect. And so I finally abandoned that. And because the only thing I think was perfect situation by Weezer. Which does not fit this category, fit the description. And then as soon as I went over to Tremors, that was when I got to Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Um, Aaron, Jeff, what did you say? So I have this habit of when I am around people that I know like a particular thing, I will research it a bit too much. And even today, when I was around my father in law, he somehow brought up the fact that he's in a Brian Wilson fan group. <laughs> Where they just like have pictures that they've taken of Brian Wilson and this and that, um, and it was the same for me. It was uh, it was the vibrations that got me there. So I went with "Good Vibrations" by the Beach Boys. Nice. Well, your correct answer is "Good Vibrations" by the Beach Boys. Leah, that might be the best question you've ever written. Nice. That was fa- that was fantastic. That's a yeah. great question, like and I'm so mad I didn't get it right. Yeah, that was fantastic, Leah. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. Um, I did it all today for 20 minutes when Paby Page was in over her little bouncer right next to me. She was very well behaved, so I could concentrate enough to do that. Um, and so after round three, um, I'll give you the update on how my rankings are. 
for the seven of us. Um, I obviously like to write questions more than I like to get questions correct that other people have written. <laughs> um, but I have, um, I'm in seventh place. Shocking. Um, cellar dweller up in the house. Um, and I have a 26% win, winning percentage. You have a 100% winning percentage in my heart. Yeah, that's Aww. what matters. I love you. Um, and I don't mind. I 100% it's need a vomit bucket now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And um, Chris, are you going to give us a, an overall score update? Overall score update. Mike has 70. Nikki's at 41. Jeff's at 52. Marissa has 40. Leah's got 22. Steven is in the lead at 78. And Chris has 35. And I have stopped drinking, so the math should only get better from here. <laughs> All right, and that brings us over to Marissa. Marissa, what hell hath we wrought? Oh, the greatest hell that you will relive again. And again, and again. <laughs> While uh, you have dubbed me the Harry Potter expert... I'm probably more of a Disney fanatic than a Harry Potter es- expert. So tonight, <laughs> tonight, we have a grand old Disney round. The man, his movies, and his parks. Your Yay. questions are going to be worth 10 points. I know what month he was born in. Does that help <laughs> at all? Ha! <laughs> and died in. I've already forgotten that one. I gave you that one a couple weeks ago. Well, via Jeff. So question number one. This Parisian-themed Disney animated film was the last movie project to be approved by Walt Disney before his death in 1966. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. You just said film, not animated film, right? No, I said animated film. Okay. In that case, I think I can lock in. I'm going to lock in. All right, Chris, go ahead and talk it on out. Like It's sending me to Persia, and that sends me to like Aladdin, which makes no sense whatsoever, because 1966 is sending me a completely different direction. And it's animated. I don't know. Like Legitimately, I don't know. Maybe it was in gestation for like 20 years, but I'll say Aladdin. All right, we've got Chris locked in with Aladdin. Leah, what'd you lock in with? I said the Aristocats. Okay. Jeff? I, d- I just want to take a second. You did say Parisian, right? Per- Not Persian? Parisian. Oh, the bourbon's okay. killing me. I just wanted to make sure that. Oh, that I was makes sense Chris, now. I was so confused. Yeah, I was like, Did wait, I, what the hell is he talking about? Am I the only about? one that heard Persian? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, I also finally got to Aristocats. Okay. Mike? Uh, thankfully, uh, it just so happened that we were listening to kids, the kids' music station on... Um, Alexa, just shortly before uh, we did this, and Everybody Wants to Be a Cat was uh, came on, and uh, fortunately, uh, that stuck in my head, and that's what got me to uh, the Aristocats. Wonderful. Nikki? Yeah, I mean, all the French artists, the the little kittens. So, yes, the Aristocats. And Stephen? The Aristocats, very clearly. And your answer is the Aristocats. Uh, This film was was approved by uh, Walt just before he died. Uh, It didn't come out until 1970. 
And it was the last film with the phrase, a Walt Disney production at the end of it. Question number two is worth 10 points. While Walt did not serve in any branch of the military, he did serve with the Red Cross during World War I. What kind of vehicles did he drive with the Red Cross? Bonus five points if you can tell me what country he was, with, he was in with the Red Cross. All right, I'm locked in. Uh, I can I can lock in. I'm I'm gonna lock in. Yeah, I'll I'll lock in as well. No, I'll lock in too. Just want to talk this out. <laughs> I think I, that's you, babe. I have no idea. I mean, I, my my thought is maybe like they drove like like a jeep, like a I don't know. I don't know what kind. Of, I mean, I guess you'd be working with England, and he was driving a jeep. Sure. Uh, okay, Nikki locked in with a Jeep and England. Uh, Leah, what'd you lock with? Well, I, I, I was trying to name countries that were involved in World War I. Um, and I, I, I've seen enough movies and Downton Abbey to know that Britain was in World War I. So I said he worked with the British and that he drove a helicopter. <laughs> All right, Chris, what'd you lock with? So I actually feel pretty good about my answer here. I have a feeling. Oh, by the way, World War One, there were helicopters. So boom. No, so I, I have a feeling it was done in Germany. Um, and the reason I have a feeling it was done in Germany is because Walt Disney obviously was driving around in the Wienermobile. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Well, it would have made a whole lot of sense if he was in Germany, but... Um... Uh, I went because it was the Red Cross with an ambulance or something of the sort. Um, and I liked England. With England. Writing a zero next to my score. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> uh, it, it is always disturbing when uh, I share an answer with Jeff, even partially. I also said ambulance, uh, but I reasoned that the a huge boatload, I don't want to say most of, but a huge boatload of the fighting World War One was done in France, so I said France. Okay, and Stephen. As we learned from the It All Started With a Mouse documentary, it was Harvard, uh, housed in Hollywood Studios for quite a while. Walt Disney drove an ambulance in France in the war against what he called the Prussians. We've got points going to... So Stephen knew when me was Blind Squirrel finding a nut. <laughs> We've got point. Yeah, yeah. We We've sure got points going to... Ha. Good job, guys. We've got points going to Jeff, Mike, and Stephen. But Mike and Stephen pick up a bonus of five points. Walt Disney did work with the Red Cross. He drove an ambulance in France. Um, he did arrive after the armistice, as it was already signed, so... <laughs> he just <laughs> was kind of there. And he did fib on his uh, passport. He he was born in 1901, but his mother signed it to say he was born in 1900 so that he could go. Thank you. I was thinking he was really young to have yep. been doing that in World War I. Yep. Okay. So good job, you three. This next one might be a doozy. It's a long one. Ten points. When Epcot Center opened on October 1st, 1982, it had nine countries in the World Showcase. Canada, France, Japan, Mexico, China, Italy, the German Pavilion, United Kingdom, and the United States. 
During the opening year, Epcot had signs listed of three additional pavilions that would soon join the World Showcase. Unfortunately, none of these were ever built. Name one of the three countries, or I'm sorry, name one of the three pavilions. If you bonus points. You re- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Five bonus points for each additional pavilion you can name. Can you repeat the countries that were listed already? I had a couple written yes, of down. Course. But... Canada, France, Japan, Mexico, China, Italy, the German pavilion, United Kingdom, and the United States. And what was the year on this? This was 1982. Oh, boy. Uh, I can I'm going to lock in. Lock with in. Two. Okay, we've got Jeff locked. We've got Steven locked with two. Okay, I'm locked in. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lock in. All right, locked in. Nikki's locked. Okay, so look at my... That's kind of where I took this from. So I'm trying to think of a reason why a country would be on the list and then not be on the list so suddenly. And like the the big thing there is, well, if the country no longer exists, and that brings me to the USSR, uh, Czechoslovakia, and Yugoslavia, because those countries no longer exist. The USSR, I feel really good about. I'm going to lock the USSR in. Um, I don't know when... You said 1982, right, Marissa? Correct, 1982. So I don't know when Yugoslavia fell. I thought that was late 80s, early 90s. Czechoslovakia, I thought, was a little bit later. So, like, would it really take eight years? Or maybe Disney saw the unrest kind of emerging in those areas. But why would, like, Czechoslovakia or Yugoslavia be on there? And I think I'm taking a really European approach to this. So I want to go... East 1982. It's after the Vietnam War. It's after the Korean War. So I don't think it's there. Is it? Could it be one of those Southeast Asian countries? Could it be like a like a, a Burma, Myanmar? Could it be? It couldn't be Hong Kong. China was on the list that she gave. Let's go to South America. Uh, Brazil is a, a glaring. Okay, so I think I feel like Mexico is there now. I could way be wrong. You know what? I'm do, I'm done. I'm just I'm I'm locking with the USSR, Yugoslavia, and Czechoslovakia. Okay, Leah. Um, I said Russia, Greece, and India. Jeff. So I went with uh, a couple that I'm pretty sure I've heard of, and they have their own pavilions for food and wine. Uh, but I went with Spain, India, and Israel. Uh, Israel's a good one. Mike, I'm kicking myself for not doing India. That one seemed that one seems like a really good one. Um, for whatever reason, I got hung up on. They later added Morocco, but maybe they originally were going to add some another African country instead. So I said Egypt, uh, mm. and then I just like I I don't know how I, I ended up on. I was just like, what are other, you know, cultures that aren't like suit that they might have wanted to add, but maybe aren't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be super foreign seeming to 
uh, American tourists that were there. So I wrote down the Netherlands and Australia, but I, it was a total, total gut shot. I'm really kicking myself for not going to India. That seems like a really good guess. It does. I'm mad. Nikki? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is just guesses for me, but I did put India because they do usually have a food and wine stand. I put Russia, which, I mean, I guess it would have been the USSR then, but whatever, Russia. And then, um, I don't know why, but for some reason in my head, I, I think I've seen the food and wine stand for Belgium, so I put Belgium. And Stephen. So, I knew a few things. It couldn't be a communist country because Disney in the 80s. And it couldn't be a country with primarily brown people because Disney in the 80s. Uh, so the obvious answer was Israel. Uh, and then Spain seemed obvious, too, because not only are they Eastern European, but they're easily identifiable by stereotypes. So I said Israel and Spain, and I didn't come up with a third one. So. <laughs> Break our hearts. <laughs> some of you listed some great food and wine countries that they have for food and wine. Yugoslavia. Uh, <laughs> two of you are picking up 15 points. Those two are Jeff and Stephen with Spain and Israel. The third one was kind of tricky. There is this one random spot in Epcot that's just there, and it's got Africa. The African outpost? That was supposed to be, it was supposed to be equatorial Africa. Okay, those never, ever got made. Um, you know, lots of the countries that you listed have been rumored. UAE was rumored, uh, Russia, Greece, um, Australia, Brazil is still one of the top right now that's buzzing about. Uh, there are currently six open world showcase plots that still don't have anything on them. Oh, and I forgot to give Marissa her update. You are currently in fifth place, a tie for fifth place. And uh, with a 38% winning percentage. Good job, Marissa. Nice. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and that means we're going to Mr. Mike Mott. Mike, do your worst. All right. Well, I know you guys are going to be shocked at the category that I selected. I picked music. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I literally said not do just, your worst. Not just to screw did. Chris over. It was just a nice fringe benefit. Speaking of fringe benefits, you're not getting any dick pics tonight. <laughs> I've got more than enough to spare. I don't even know what that means. Don't that. I don't either. All right, yeah, it's it's late. All right, but each of the each of these uh, questions, as I'm want to do, does have a subcategory. So your first question, your subcategory is heavy metal. What seminal heavy metal band's debut album was intentionally released? By the, these are all worth 10 points, by the way. I'll start over. Sorry. Uh, what seminal heavy metal de band's debut album was intentionally released on Friday the 13th, specifically Friday the th February 13th, 1970, to capitalize on their creepy mystique? I can lock. Locked in. Locked in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock, too. I'll lock in. I can guess. First of all, this is music, and then heavy metal. I have absolutely zero idea. Creepy. I go. I I go to Marilyn Manson, but I'm pretty sure he was like 90s. Um. Creepy. Creepy heavy metal. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna go Iron Maiden. I don't know. All right. 
Marissa walking in with Iron Maiden, not a bad guess. Uh, Steven, what'd you like him in? I guess Kiss, because I have no clue. Okay. Jeff, what'd you lock in with? Uh, when you talk creepy, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Ozzy and biting heads off bats, so I want Black Sabbath. All right, Jeff says Black Sabbath. Leo, what'd you say? Well, I was between three. I said Metallica, but I was like, that's way like later. Like That's like 80s, 90s. So I was like, 1970. I was like, what came before them? Um, and I had Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin. And I just thought Black Sabbath sounded darker and fit your description better. So I just said, from what, like, very little I know about them. I have no idea. So I just guessed Black Sabbath. All right, another guess for Black Sabbath. Nikki? Yeah, I mean, I based this, like, totally on, like, the Friday the 13th. So I was like, what's kind of a creepy, like, evening? Like, so I was like, dark. Because you said dark in it, too. So I was like, Black Sabbath. So that's how wide I went with. All right, Nikki says Black Sabbath as well. And Chris? No, I thought we've had a question on, on something similar to this in a previous episode, but I remember Black Sabbath being around in the 70s, and I didn't know if it went all the way back to 1970, but yeah, Black Sabbath. All right, and the last four answers do get points. It is Black Sabbath. That was the easy question. Um, yep. <laughs> was it really? I'm just saying, oh, this late, I think I think I would say yes. Jeff, Nikki, Leah, and Chris are getting 10 points off of that question. So you know how Chris got zero in my round? I'm definitely getting zero (laughs) in this round. (laughs) (laughs) All right, your second question, the subcategory is punk. In 1977, two record shops in London owned by the Virgin label were charged with indecency after proudly displaying the company's newest release, whose title contained the word bollocks. Name the band responsible for this LP. Locked in. Uh, Locked in. This was the 1970s? 1977. I'm locking in. I'm going to lock. It's probably wrong, but I'm going to lock. All right. Marissa's locked in. I mean, I know I've got it wrong, but just so we can talk, I'll go ahead and lock in. All right, Nikki? I I mean, I have no clue. Like, just I don't even have, like, an an idea. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so you said 77 and they were obviously British because they said bollocks um, I don't know what was a British and I the punk thing is throwing me like what is punk um, I don't know what punk music is is it rock I mean is it like rock um, I fall probably under the broad umbrella of rock yes this band certainly would. I'm just going to go with Kiss. Sure. All right. Nikki locking in with Kiss. Uh, Steven, what did you lock in with? I just guessed the Ramones. Steven That's locks in with guess. the Ramones. Uh, t- the timing is the time period's about right. So good guess. Marissa? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're American. I... Uh... I loved Anthony Bourdain, so I went with the Ramones. That's all I had. <laughs> no, you had the t- like I said, you had the time period right, but yeah, they're definitely from New York. Uh, Leah. <laughs> so when you said London, the only thing I could think of was that London calling, da na 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 na, and that's the song that came to my head. And I think it's the Clash that sings it, and I have no idea if that's considered punk or not. But I went with London, that song, and who I think 
sings it, which is maybe The Clash. I have no idea if that's punk or not, but I went with The Clash. I, that that is absolutely the clash, and they are absolutely British, and they are absolutely punk. Uh, unfortunately, well, we'll get to the rest of them. <laughs> Jeff. But they're not correct. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, when you talk older punk and offensive, the the first thing that popped in my mind, I just went with it was Sex Pistols. That's one for the Sex Pistols, and Chris. No, I'm in the same boat as Jeff. Like when you think the first punk band I can name is Johnny Rotten with the Sex Pistols, so I went with them. So I went with the Sex Pistols. He is gone but not forgotten. This is the story of Johnny Rotten. It is, in fact, the Sex Pistols. Never mind the bollocks, here come the Sex Pistols. was the name of their first and only album. But The Clash was a good guess, right? The Clash was a very good guess, yeah. they were. I think, I think they were just a little bit later, but they were definitely from that same uh, time British frame. punk. Yep. And Can from- I just say how impressed I am that my wife pulled out an actual punk band? <laughs> hey, reading Anthony Bourdain's books is good for something. All right, so uh, Chris and Jeff getting points on that one. Ten points to each of you guys. The final question, your category is indie rock. April Ludgate might be familiar with Elephant Six, a musical collective that has spawned such bands as The Apples in Stereo, The Olivia Tremor Control, and what band who released the legendary album in the aeroplane over the sea? Okay, I'm familiar with all those words. I don't know how they go together. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand <laughs> like, any of that. Even I'm sorry, can you repeat that? <laughs> I, I, cer- I certainly can. And bear in mind, I could have been a dick for the entire three questions. I tried to save it for this one. April Ludgate might be familiar with Elephant Six a musical collective that has spawned such bands as The Apples in Stereo, The Olivia Tremor Control, and What Band, who released the legendary album In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. I can lock in. I'm going to lock. In the Aeroplane Over the Sea? But nobody's going (laughs) to... It's not going to be a person. Locked in. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to lock in then. I don't want to talk. Yeah, I'll lock in as well. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it to me. It is down to you, Christopher. April Ludgate's from Parks and Rec. Uh, She married Andy Dwyer. Andy Dwyer's band's name had like seven names, but the mainly went by Mouse Rat. Um, There was a pony called Little Sebastian in the show of Pawnee or in the, the city of Pawnee that was iconic. So like part of me says the band is Lil Sebastian. The other part of me says the band is Mouse Rat. And the April Ludgate, Ludgate clue leads me more towards Mouse Rat. So I'm going to go with Mouse Rat. All right, Chris locking in with Mouse Rat. Uh, Leo, what did you lock in with? Uh, well, I wish I could get to Mouse Rat. On my head, I couldn't think. I was like, can I go in the other room and look? Because Chris has this like record... Like a fake record of Parks and Rec, and it's got like things about Andy Dwyer on it, and the songs have things about the show and things like that. I figured that would probably help me out with this one. Um, the literally the only Parks and Rec thing I could think of was Little Sebastian, so I locked in with Little Sebastian. All right, Leah locked in with Little Sebastian. Jeff, uh, I don't know. I think the Parks and Rec thing kind of threw me off. Um, if I recall, in Parks and Rec. Uh, 
Jeff Tweedy from Wilco played uh, at one of their final fairs or whatever. So I went with Wilco. Wilco, uh, decent guess. Guess. Nikki. I'm like I don't even know where my head is with this, but like I don't know. The, the Parks and Rec thing, I'm not that familiar with the show, so I don't know. But for some reason, the band Modest Mouse came in my head. I don't know why. So I just went with Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse is certainly certainly reasonable thing to get to from Mouse Rat. Uh, Marissa. I said Mouse Rat, also known as Drunk Off Her Asses. Gossip Town, Sex is Cool, Sex in Space, 500 Candles in the Wind, Two Birds Holding Hands, November, Sex Hair? And song, Menace Ball. Remember, the pit, catch your dream, the way you look tonight. Pick your nose, blowing boy show, ho, that's dirty, dirt in your, your, Aisle. Oh, and the swan song. Uh, Marissa, you are 10,000 candles in the wind. (laughs) I believe that was Marissa locking in with Mouse Rat, and we'll check in with Steven. None of y'all know ya boo. April Ludgate's favorite band is Neutral Milk Hotel. I have never heard a single word they said. Before this question was asked, I thought it was a fictional band. I am locking in with Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, and that sounds right, from, actually. And this question from somebody who has never watched a single episode of Parks and Rec, but knows because so many people did not realize when April Ludgate said Neutral Milk Hotel was her favorite band and that Jeff Mangum was the rock star that she was most attracted to, did not realize that those were real things. <laughs> and I had to explain that to so many people. Uh, Steven, <laughs> which I did not see coming at all, is the only person to get points on this one. You've told me this before. Still didn't get it. I thought I thought I, I actually expected you would be the only person mm. to get hey, it. Hey, I, I was one like of those people that Googled so. that. Same thing. Oh, no, no idea. Yeah. Damn good question, Mike. And that brings us to the end of the Mike Mott round. Leah, how does Mike stack up with the rest of us? Uh don't don't do this. We don't have to do this. We can just we can just move right on to Nikki. We don't have to do this. Uh, he's t- he's tied in fifth place. With what winning percentage? What? Okay. I'm tied with Mike? Yeah. Wow. All right, your score is going to the Nikki round. Mike's got 95. Nikki's got 61. Jeff's got 107. Marissa's got 40. Steven, 118. Leah, 42. Chris with 55. Nikki, you are up. Torture us with your trivia. Well, I mean, when you're talking about what you're you're passionate about, I mean, Marissa, she has a real passion for Disney. I actually just have a passion for annoying Chris, so I also went with Disney. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna go with Oscars. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill this round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this one's ten points. Which real-life actress was the character of Belle based on? I can lock in. Uh, lock? I'll lock in. Yeah, I'm a lock in, too. I'll lock in. Is that is that to me? Yeah. Uh, no, this, yeah. I, I, knew the, I knew the story about Ariel. I did not realize Belle was also based on a real-life actress. Um, I'm trying to think of contemporary actresses around 1992 when this movie came out. Uh, probably been a couple years before because that would have been when they started animating it. Um, I don't know. I'm struggling so much. Um, 
I yeah, I I I have no idea. I'm trying to think of like you know because I I, th- I think of Bell having really big eyes, and so I'm trying to go with like actresses with really big eyes. Uh, I don't think it would be Betty Davis. Uh, the Kim Carnes hit was several years prior to that, anyway. Um, I, for some reason, Melanie Griffith popped into my head. I'll walk in with that. I have no idea. All right, so Mike likes in with Melanie Griffith. Um, Marissa, what'd you go with? I went with Susan Egan. All right, so Marissa went with uh, Susan Egan. Uh, Chris? I had no idea. Um, I thought maybe they went back and got their inspiration from somebody from a much earlier time, and I went with Natalie Wood. I guess. No, it's not. Uh, Thank you for pretending. (laughs) Steven, what'd you go with? So if you watch both Ariel and Belle, you'll notice that they both flick their hair out of their face a bunch. And that's because I believe they're based on the same actress, Sherry Stoner. All right. And Leah? Uh, I had no idea, but I know that Nikki has an affinity for, like, old Hollywood. So I just guessed Audrey Hepburn. All right. And Jeff? Yeah, I actually had kind of similar thoughts to Leah and Chris and went old Hollywood. And I think I remember hearing something that a dress was the same or they tried to style the dresses the same as um, Scarlett O'Hara from uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh, as what's her name? But who was, who was the actress then? Jeff? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question because... Sorry, I'm not trying to be that guy, but no, no, that's fair. No, no, that's right because I actually thought that's who I was guessing. Um, yeah, that's a character. What's her name? What's her name? Oh my god, it's gonna kill me. You can save us a lot of time. To it's it's it's, nope. it's not Scarlett O'Hara. Go so it's, 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 it's not it's not it's not Vivian Lee. It's not Vivian Yeah, Vivian Lee. Yeah. But that was a good guess. There it is. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I get. I mean, I get where Marissa was coming from. Susan that was Egan the broad, was, yeah, the Broadway. She was the boy, a Broadway boy version, um, and she's done a couple other things with Disney. Um, I, I think maybe a lot of you were were a little bit on the physical. It was based a lot on her mannerisms and her intellect. Um, so the actress I'm going with, um, Leah was the closest, but you had the wrong Hepburn. She was oh, based Cal- on Catherine. Catherine oh, oh yeah, Dang Catherine. That's Do I get half points? For, oh, I should have just locked in with Hepburn when I have gotten points. <laughs> or what have you asked for clarification? Oh. I would have asked for clarification okay. on the Hepburn. Sorry. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was mostly her um, her mannerisms and her intellect. They based Belle on Catherine Hepburn. Next question. So what would... And this is, this is 10 points, but there's going to be some bonus involved. So um, what was the first original Disney song to win an Academy Award for Best Original Song? Um... You get 10 points if you get the song. You get an additional one point if you get the movie. An additional two points if you get the year. <laughs> well, I'm incorrect with what I was writing down. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm locked okay. in. Mike. I'm going to lock. Yeah, I'm locked in. Is it just Chris? Is he supposed to be talking this out? Oh, yeah. Who's, who hasn't? Who, is everybody locked I'm in? Lock, I, yeah, I think everybody's locked in, but Chris. All right, so Chris, talk it up. Um, so I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get my Disney trivia facts in my head, straight in my head, because, like, I think Beauty and the Beast was, like, the first one to be nominated for Best Picture. 
when I go back to original song, for some reason, I'm going back to I'm I'm not even sure if these are in the same movie, but I'm going back to I think Pinocchio, and then I'm going back to When You Wish Upon a Star. And those might not even be the same damn movie. But I feel like Jiminy Cricket had a song in Pinocchio that was well known, and I don't know what it would be because that movie is so boring. In fact, if there's ever a movie that Tim Burton should have remade, it's not Dumbo. It's probably Pinocchio. Oh my gosh, that'd be so creepy. <laughs> Ooh, that would be good, though. Johnny Depp as Geppetto? Come on. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, I don't have a better guess. I don't even know if it's the right movie, but I'm going to say it was uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. The movie is Pinocchio, and the year I'm going to say is 1968. All right, so Chris is locking in with uh, Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio, and 1968. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, actually, I think it's the same. Uh, I think it's When You Wish Upon a Star in Pinocchio, but I think it was older than that. I think it was 50s, maybe even earlier 40s. Um, I'm just going to lock in with like 52. Did I get the right song and movie, though? No, you like, don't know that yet. I don't know, but did I did answer. I at least pair the movie and song together correctly? Is it is when you wish upon a star from Pinocchio? Because <laughs> I'm your, taking that Chris, as a win. Your, your showcase of ignorance is amazing. It was not sung by Jiminy Cricket either. <laughs> no. But yes, you did pair the movie and the song correctly. When you wish upon a star is sung by Jiminy Cricket. Wait, Why object. It was sung by Jiminy Cricket, wasn't it? I thought it was sung by Jiminy Cricket. Yes, it absolutely I don't know, I haven't was. seen that song no, forever. It was, Jiminy, but... it was Jiminy Cricket. It was definitely Jiminy Cricket. Really? I thought it was Geppetto. Boom, I just Disney your ass. He's sitting there, he he's sitting there like, Geppetto sings Little Woodenhead. That's right, well, what I you are right now. He's the worst. <laughs> All right, Stephen. <laughs> right, I'm showcasing my ignorance of Disney. <laughs> Stephen, what'd you go with? <laughs> when You Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio, 1940. All right, so Stephen went with When You Wish confident. Upon a Star, Pinocchio, 1940. Uh, Marissa. That is... Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio, 1940. This was used in my Disney episode. Oh. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, I'm sorry. I was trying not to do the same questions, and I forget. All right. So, Mike. Well, other than clearly not knowing who sang the song, my only hesitation was whether it was 1940 or 1941, but it's definitely Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio, and I did go with 1940, ultimately. All right. And Leah? Well, when you first read the question, I was like, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast. And then you're like, oh, name you get bonus for naming the movie. And I'm like, it's probably not going to be Beauty and the Beast then because it'd be Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast. And then Mike said it was 1992 and <laughs> during the last question. So I was like, all right, I had to scratch that idea. So I went back as far as I could in my brain. And the earliest Disney song I could think of was When You Wish Upon a Star. I wasn't sure if it was Cinderella or Pinocchio, but I guessed Pinocchio, and I said 1949. Oh my All right. Carbon dating so the- of Disney films is bad. <laughs> and sorry, I guess we, we've had this on a previous podcast. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, yes, the answer is When You Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio, and the year was 1940. So um, everybody got the movie... And the uh, song correct, so 11 points for everybody. And then Mike, or Mike, Marissa, and Steven also got an additional two points for the year. If it's sung by Jiminy Cricket, why do the vocals sound more like Geppetto? I'm so confused by this. Anyway. 
it starts with Jiminy Cricket, yeah. and then when we move into the second verse, the chorus sings it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. That's okay. what I hear. The, when you wish. That's what I hear. Yeah, exactly. Nikki, was the question, you know, what year was the Academy Award, or what year was the movie released? I think what year did it win the Academy Award? So 1940 was when they won the Academy So the movie Award. came out in 39? I think the movie came out in 39. Yeah. But... Okay. Well, see, I thought the movie came out in 40. I'm glad I did not know that. Can we... No, can we get the uh, can we get clarification on that real quick so I know where the scoring goes? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was released in 1940, but yeah, which would have meant it would have been in 1941. Okay, maybe, it was, maybe it was okay. Maybe it was re- sorry. The clarification released year of of it. The yeah. uh, the Academy Awards probably would have been in 41. Right. But, okay, but, but it would have been for the 1940 yeah. Academy Awards. But but, but that's every, not what the question said. The year got it said 40. So. Yeah. But that, Chris, the question you, was you got the year win- wrong. Get over it. No, it not, no, I'm not trying to. You guessed that Pinocchio somehow came out two years after Disney died. <laughs> it is not, not 1968, so. I'm not trying to be that guy, but the question wasn't what year did it win the Academy Award. It would have won the Academy Award then in 1941, not 1940. Everybody got 11. Let's just, let's just do that. 1968, Sorry. and you're denying us two points. You <laughs> fucking bastard! Go I'm to trying hell. to make sure we're, dude. I'm Shame. not going to win. There's no chance in me Shame. winning at all. I would, I would call you a psycho, but that would require you knowing who directed that movie, and that's my one per cast. I knew I'd get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to Mickey Mouse now. All right. All right, so what was the first Mickey Mouse cartoon to be produced in color? I'm going to lock in. Uh, I'm locking in. I'll lock in. Oh, I can lock in, yeah. I'm going to lock. I think it's down to Leah to talk it out, right? Yeah, it's Leah. Okay, so this is the first Mickey Mouse cartoon to be released in in color. color. Okay, so I've, I've narrowed it down. I've got Mickey Mouse Goes to Summer Camp. Mickey Mouse scared stupid. Mickey Mouse goes to jail. Or, um, what's their Christmas special? Saves Christmas. Um, Mickey Mouse saves Christmas. Um, so I think. I know what you mean, Vern. I think I'm going to go with, uh, and I actually wrote it down on my paper as Mikey Mouse um, in my notes. So that's the whole whole other issue. So I'm going to go with Mickey Mouse Goes to Summer Camp. All right. And Leah is locking in with Mickey Mouse Goes to Summer Camp. All right. Uh, Marissa, what do you think? Well, I'm pretty sure this one is band concert, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So Marissa is going with band concert. Chris? So I'm going to make the argument that black and white are both colors and the fact that I can honestly say I know one Mickey Mouse cartoon and I think that was Steamboat Willie. So I said Steamboat Willie and hoping the benevolent overlord will give me points, even (laughs) though it's highly doubtful. All right. And Chris goes with Steamboat Willie. Steven? I said the band concert. Band concert? Jeff, what'd you go with? I went with Silly Symphonies. Silly Symphonies? Alright, and Mike? Uh, I take sol- I take some solace in the fact that even though, if, even if you were to give it to Chris on a weird technicality, Steamboat Willie was still not the first one that was produced, it was just the first one released. Uh, but I uh, also locked in with the band concert. Alright. So the answer is 
the band concert. It was the first cartoon to come out in color. We're going to do a flash bonus. Ooh. All right. So if any of you who got it correct, if you can give me the year, you will get an extra two points. Locked in. Oh. So if we didn't get it correct, we can No, sorry. You didn't get it right. (laughs) I can guess. Yeah, I'll lock in. Okay. Okay. All right, Marissa? Let's go with it. I don't know. 1940. All right. And Marissa says 1940. Uh, Steven, what'd you go with? I knew it was going to be sometime in the mid-30s, so I just get 35. All right. Steven went with 35. Mike? Can't pick up any ground on you, Steven. I also said 35. And the correct answer is 1935. Mm, Wow. Nice job. How many bonus points was that for Nikki? Two. Can't make the math easy for you, Chris. <laughs> Your score is going into the final round. Mike's got 118. Nikki's got 61. Jeff also has 118. Marissa's at 61. Leah's at 53. Steven at 141. And Chris at 66. And we are down to the Steven round. Oh, wait. I have to give Nikki her update. You are currently in fourth place with a 48% winning percentage. Wow. She's she's ahead of me. That's all she needs to know. Yeah, so as long as I'm ahead of Mike, I'm good. Steven, it is all up to you. It is all up to me. And here's your chance to gain some ground as the final category will be science fiction. I'm out. Yeah. To make it easier on this panel, I have limited myself to science fiction films. I might be back in. (laughs) So you're saying there's Uh, a chance. No. Not if it's Shape of Water. (laughs) (laughs) What shape is the water in? (laughs) (laughs) All right, for 10 points. In the movie Alien, we get a literal example of saving the cat as Ellen Ripley foolishly goes back into the ship to rescue the fucking cat for reasons that I still don't understand. What is the name of the cat in Aliens? Gosh. (laughs) I'm locking in. I'm going to lock, but I've never seen Aliens. (laughs) I'm locking too. All right, locked in. No, I know this. (laughs) That's that's the frustrating thing. I'm sitting here like, um... When he says it, I'm going to be like, oh, of course, but I'll, I'll lock just to make Chris. Don't do that. Oh, you know, I had to. I'm sorry. (laughs) The hell is the cat's name? So it's not, it's not like whiskers or mittens or anything like that. It's got like an actual, like like a a human-ish name. I haven't seen this movie in like. A year or two. I own this movie, for God's sakes. Oh, shit. No. I don't think Oh Shit No is the cat's name, although that's a pretty good cat name. <laughs> no. I, uh... To be fair, in uh, Aliens, she does refer to the cat as your little shit, so. Ah! Oh, so the cat survives. That's nice. Spoiler alert. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, sadly, the little girl from Aliens does not survive, despite spending the entire movie trying to keep her alive. They kill her off off-screen before Alien 3. And now I can't think of her name. That's Newt. Newt. I can give you, you that one. You actually don't have to, though. No, it's Newt. I don't know. 
Chipper Jones is coming to mind. That's pissing me off because it's not Chipper. Yeah, he was probably 10 when this movie came out. No, Jones sounds right. I have to fire up my boozy bracketology timer for this one. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's freaking Jonesy. Jonesy. All right. Chris locks in with Jonesy, I'm assuming. Yes, Jonesy. All right, Jonesy. Mike, what did you say? Th- that actually sounds right when Chris says it. When Chris says it, uh, there's there was really no way I was going to get there. Although, like I said, it does sound right. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Alien franchise. Oh, like, come I don't, on. I don't, I don't dislike them, but they're not. They're just not. I, I've seen each of them once. Actually, Alien is the only one that I've seen twice. But I, I respect them. I don't love them. Uh, but I just said cat. Cat. Nikki. It's funny when he when Chris said Jonesy, that sounds like pretty familiar. But like I went with Josie because I was like Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with Josie. So I mean, maybe if it's Jonesy, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Closer than me. One vote for Josie. Leah. Um, I'm pretty sure the correct answer is Mrs. Whiskerson. So that's what I went yeah. with. <laughs> Mrs. Whiskerson right. is her slave name. All la- right. la- Lady Whiskerbottom. Lady Whistleton from the Bridgerton series. Yeah, that's, that's, what, I, yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> that show is fantastic. So addicting, I binged did it. Did you binge it? I'm not done with it yet. I did. I just finished it. Mrs. Whiskerton, uh, Marissa. <laughs> I went with Gus. A vote for Gus and Jeff. Uh, yeah, I believe the correct answer is Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> the name of the cat from the movie Alien is Jonesy. Yes. Uh, Chris nice gets the points. Yes. Are we really going to give him points out. after he took that long? <laughs> oh, he yeah. got there. Maybe He's... the rest of you should. No, he got, yeah, he, he got did. there. He got it. You literally should have taken off like one point for every minute it took him to get to that answer. <laughs> is this, this going to be all about famous sci-fi cats? <laughs> well, I could have, but no. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, question number two. In the category of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker has a childhood friend who dies during the Battle of Yavin. What is that character's name? Locked. Locked in. I can lock. Lock, just for Chris's. Leah's still, oh, Leah's still out there. Okay. I think Leah died. <laughs> I can Leah and I combine our wits here because I think we might be able to get to a semi cohesive response. Uh, looking at the score totals, and yes, I would be totally okay with fine. that. Okay, so Leah, what do you have any idea? Um, so is, is this the guy that he like sees at the end of New Hope before they get into their little ships and they're like, hey man, I haven't seen you in a while, good luck, and they give each other like a hug? I guess this is is that, that dude. Are you thinking of Wedge and Tilly's? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I just didn't I know, know his I, name. No, because Wedge and Tilly's was in the was in Rise of Skywalker. He was one of the ones uh, that came then, back at the end. Then there's no way I'm gonna get there. <laughs> so it, you by get... the way, his name probably isn't Wedge and Tilly's either. That's probably way <laughs> off. Okay, Leah's gonna lock in with Wedge and Tilly's. I'm gonna lock in with Fedge Mantilly's. Nah. Fedge Mantilly's. Okay, Fedge Mantilly's and Wedge and Tilly's are locked. Nikki, what did you say? I mean, obviously it's Jar Jar Binks, right? 
<laughs> One vote for Misa got it wrong. <laughs> Mike. I hesitated because I was hoping I couldn't pull up the last name and I was hoping you weren't going to ask for it, but I just said Biggs and I hoped you'd give me credit for it. All right. First name, Jason. for <laughs> Biggs. Marissa. I also said Biggs. And again, I can't pick up the last name. It's Dark something. I don't know. I think it was Dark Lighter, but I didn't want to I think you're right, sure. Mike. I think that's right. And Jeff, what did you say? Uh, yeah, I believe the answer is Biggs Dark Lighter. The correct answer is Biggs Dark Slider. I'm going to give anyone who said Biggs 10 points. <laughs> Woohoo. All right. The final question of the 100th episode. In terms of influence on the science fiction genre, perhaps no author has had a bigger impact due to the number of his adaptations than Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick's short story, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, was adapted into what famous science fiction movie? Locked in. Can I get the book one more time or the, the work one more time? The title of the short story is We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Because Philip K. Dick likes ridiculously long titles. <laughs> yep. I'm going to lock in. I'll lock in the too. Only film I can think of. Locked in. I'm tr- I can only think of one movie that. That I I think he was the the original or giving like story credit for, and I can't make that title fit with what happens in the film. I I can like. Loosely. Hey, I'm still out here. I wouldn't logic if I were you. <laughs> oh no, Marissa! I know you're the one that's out there. That's why I'm okay logicking. <laughs> Ooh, say, I'm never yet. gonna get it. So I don't know. I'll lock. As if we don't hear Chris's voice enough on this podcast, Chris yet again gets a chance to talk it out. Because Chris has the dumb. No, I, I'm not going to waste time. The only one I can think of that I th- almost positive is Philip A. Dick is Blade Runner. I did, can't make the title, short of them being replicants, I can't really make the title fit with Blade Runner, but I'm going to say Blade Runner because I don't, I can't name another Philip K. Dick movie. One lock in with Blade Runner, Marissa. I don't know, that movie with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> nah, That's what that I've got. movie with Keanu Reeves? Okay. Toy Story 4. Yeah. Nailed it. Whoa. Nikki. I mean, I have no idea. I went with Planet Nine from Outer Space. It sounded good. Planet Nine <laughs> from Outer Space? Probably trying to be Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah. yeah. Okay I, I actually haven't sat her down and watched that one yet. Leah. I said Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers? All right. Jeff. I, I went with the only one I could even think of that was related to Dick and went with uh, Minority Report. Minority oh, Report. Oh, that's a good one. It's a Philip K. Dick novel, yes. Oh, and I last, like my. It is a Philip K. Dick novel, uh, It's, but I'm fairly certain it's not the one we're looking for. Uh, Do Androids G- Dream of Electric Sheep is the one that Blade Runner is based on, Chris. Uh, I'm fairly sure we can remember it for you. Wholesale was turned into a movie featuring the famous line, I'll see you at the party, Richter. Uh, so I locked in with Total Recall. And indeed, Total Recall was based on We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. The only one picking up the points is Mike. Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of our game. And oh, wait, the... I have to give Stephen his, his okay, stat- go ahead. stats. Sorry. We all know he's number one, darn it. Stephen's number one right. with a 68% winning percentage. 
stop me if you've heard this before, but his percentage might be going up. Yeah, is that up to date, or we we could round up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Your final scores tonight, reading left to right on my notepad. Mike finishes with a respectable 128 points. Nikki's at 61. Jeff also at 128. Marissa at 71. Leah's at 53. Chris is at 76, and Steven is our champion with 141 points. And his winning percentage moved up to 70%. And that's been another episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. Find us on Instagram or Facebook at Pub Trivia Experience, Twitter at Pub Trivia Pod, PubTriviaExperience.com. We will see you next week for episode 101 for the Pub Trivia Experience. I have been Chris. I've been Leah. I'm, I'm Marissa. Jeff. Nikki. Mike. Steven. Have a good one, everyone.